Welcome to season two of Spark Reunited, a series of shows celebrating 25 years of broadcasting on this student community radio station. Whether it was Utopia or Spark, the people featured on the station have made it into what it is today. And as today's Sparkies, we are forever grateful for them imparting their knowledge onto us, and we decided to pay it forward by sharing it with you. After such a successful season one, where we heard the likes of Emma Millen, Chris Stevens, and Rob Dowell, and this season, We'll be speaking to more ex-Sparkies and Utopians like current Capital Executive Producer Callum Hyder and BBC West Midlands Producer Adam Pender-Smith, along with loads of other guests who will share their radio insights and experiences with you. In this episode, our guest is reporter and producer for BBC West Midlands, Adam Pender-Smith. Hope you enjoy. Hello, I'm Shawn Michael, and you're listening to a special edition of Spark Content. I'm here with the producer, as well as reporter for the BBC Radio in the West Midlands, Adam Pendersmith. How are you doing, Adam? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to be to be back on radio in the Northeast after all these years. So let's get right to it. How are you involved in Utopia when you were contributing to the station? Mm, crikey. Well, I was at the University of Sunderland uh, from September 2005. Let me just check what the date's right. Yep. Until May 2008. Uh, so my first time on the radio station was actually in the previous October, which was October 2004, which was during a an open day. The university were broadcasting because it was still, um, we didn't have a full-time license back then, the radio station didn't. It was a... Uh, it was it was still an RSL, a restricted service license. And there was a guy wandering around uh, outside the media centre at the university, just having a chat with a few people. And um, so, so, yeah, I was I was on Utopia before I was even a student. That was my sort of first involvement with the station. And then the following September, so September 2005, I remember the date, the 23rd of September 2005 was the day I arrived in Sunderland. It was my brother's birthday. And um, there was a big pitch from the student radio station about how they wanted to get some students on uh, that had just started out. So me and someone that we will come on to in detail, I'm sure, my my best bud, Phil Byford, um, who I met on the open day the previous year, went down, were interviewed and doing something very similar to this, really, chatting about what we wanted to do in our careers, chatted about what part of the country we'd come from, what were our initial impressions of Sunderland. And so that was my first sort of involvement, really. Then did a lot of flyering uh, for the university because, again, at the at the time, the, the the student radio station was on for two weeks over the freshest fortnight, right at the start of September. And then we did, I think it was three weeks, sort of right at the end of the academic year, sort of for most of May. And they were my first sort of ventures into radio. I'd only before that really done a little bit, and I mean a little bit of hospital radio, uh, and um, so that was sort of my first forays into to finding out what was it I wanted to be and was on my journey, I suppose you could say. But once you were into Utopia, can you kind of detail your journey in the field of media up to the point where you got your first job after leaving Utopia and what you've gone on to achieve? Yeah. So, well, let's, let's start with Utopia first. So, um, Phil Byford, who is uh, a name that I'm sure people at the University of Sunderland will remember your Richard Berries, your Caroline Martins, your Andy Cartwrights. Me, me and Phil were a bit of a legendary double act. We were stood next to each other in the queue for the bus uh, on the open day and we just got talking and we hit it off. And and we we firstly did the, the weekend breakfast show on Utopia, which went out, I think, from memory between uh, 8 and 11 uh, in that May 
2006 and and this was around the time when Sunderland Uni was was trying as well to bid for a, a full-time license to have the student station running you know 24 hours a day 365 days a year so there was a, quite a bit of pressure on us as the breakfast presenters I seem to recall from from the people that were putting in the bid to Ofcom to get the license full-time that we had to do a really good job you know really talk to Sunderland not just talk to the students of Sunderland but to talk to the city as a whole so you know we did an outside broadcast uh, outside the bridges by the metro stop uh, it was bonkers. You know, we were we were kids at 19 sort of, you know, talking to 200 people. Uh, but that was a that was a really I loved being on air at Utopia. I really did. It got me hours under the belt. It got me used to doing radio. That then sort of led me through to, to finishing my degree, which was in the summer of 2008. I left. I then went to what is now Inrix, which is uh, was known then as Traffic Link and, and started to do the uh, radio travel updates on on various stations across the country. I did Talk Sport for a long time. I was the breakfast uh, travel reader on Talk Sport with uh, Alan Brazil for a long time. Uh, so I did that. Uh, and then uh, I started at Radio Stoke. So I'd, I'd left the Northeast at that point and come back to the Midlands, uh, which is where I sort of grew up and uh, had started to do a lot of sort of desk driving. I couldn't tell you how many games of f- football I have tech-opt over the years for the BBC hundreds if not maybe on a thousand now I would say something like that Uh, and I did that for a bit and then my first staff job at the BBC was in uh, May 2010 uh, when I became the station sound producer at BBC Radio Gloucestershire so I was there for three years I um, ran all of the station's coverage of the Olympics uh, that was obviously the, the Olympics were in London in 2012 then I uh, went to Radio 2 for a bit and uh, worked behind the scenes there. And then I went to BBC Radio Sheffield full time. Uh, so I moved from the West Country up to Yorkshire and did a similar job there, but also was doing a lot of producing at that point as well. Uh, and then went to Five Live for a bit, then went to Radio 4. And then in March 2018, I, I came back home to Birmingham after what would that have been about 12 years away, something like that. Uh, to BBC Radio WM, started off producing the the afternoon show, then this little thing called COVID hit, and I ended up producing the late show, uh, which was uh, hosted by Graham Torrington, who's done the late right radio, all thirty years, something like that. I think it's only Ken Bruce who has been on longer than than Graham had been before he retired a couple of years back. So I was his last ever producer on the late show, which went across all eight BBC local radio stations in the Midlands, and then I'm sort of what, 14 months in now to producing mid-morning. So Kafstan Session is our mid-morning centre here at BBC Radio West Midlands. And I'm the uh, I'm the producer of that. So I produce in the studios with a Monday to Thursday. It's crazy when I sit here and think about it sometimes that I'm sat in the station that I used to listen to as a kid, producing the show that I probably first listened to thinking, oh, I quite fancy doing radio. And now here I am five years into to working at this radio station. And it, it, it's just brilliant. I, I, I absolutely adore working for the BBC. I adore producing. I also do a lot of cricket commentary in the summer. But my bread and butter is producing. I, I don't do much presenting these days. I, I, I mainly do the, the producing side of it. But I, I, I love it. And I can't think of a way that I would rather earn a living. Yeah, that's a very lovely full circle moment. My question to you is, with those opportunities that you've gotten through Utopia, what specific skills did you gain from working at Utopia and how they helped your career? Confidence. That was the big thing. I was a very shy kid up until I moved to the Northeast. I'd never 
been to Sunderland before. I'd never been really outside of Birmingham before, uh, before I came to the Northeast. But I knew I wanted at 18 to get away and try and stand on my own two feet and see how far I could get. And that was what was brilliant about Sunderland was it was big, but it wasn't massive. It was very different to where I'd grown up, you know, sort of on the outskirts of Birmingham. I had no family around me. I had basically no money and I had to survive. And it, and it taught me that you need to sort of, you know, get your elbows out in life and um, make opportunities for yourself. It showed, uh, proved to me as well that you can achieve things. You you can get out your comfort zone every now and again, and you you can become someone that's that you want to be. And uh, but yeah, if you'd have told me even twelve months beforehand that I would have been stood pitch side at the Stadium of Light, you know, welcoming out the players, I think they were playing Chelsea or something like that. It was a big game. I, 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 there's no way would I have had anywhere near the confidence to have done that. But that's what Sunderland did for me. It gave me the confidence to stand on my own two feet to say I'm going to make something with my life here, and I'm going to work in what I want to do. And I, 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 I have no idea where I would be. It was between Sunderland and the University of Staffordshire in Stoke-on-Trent as to which I would go to. Sunderland, as soon as I'd been up for the open day, I thought, no, I'm fairly confident I'm going to come here. But it, it that was my first choice. But I really needed to make sure I got the right A-level results to get in. And I often do wonder, I was actually in Stoke the other day, um, meeting up with a couple of old colleagues, that if I'd have not quite got the grades and ended up at, at Stoke, which was my reserve choice, I, I very much doubt I would have worked in radio because I would have still lived with my parents. I wouldn't have left the area. I'd have still been this shy, very sort of, you know, insular kid. I certainly don't think I would have had the confidence like I did one year when I was back for the summer in Birmingham. So in in, the, in Birmingham, all of the radio stations, not quite so much now, but certainly, you know, 10 years ago or so, a bit longer than that now, probably, were all on Broad Street, which is one of the main streets in the centre of Birmingham. And one Monday morning, I walked up and down and knocked on all the station doors, pretending that I had work experience with them. Only one station let me in. But I very much doubt I would have done that if I hadn't, have, you know, gone to Sunderland and, and stood on my own two feet. So I'm absolutely, you know, indebted to the area. I met my wife in Sunderland, uh, so I wouldn't have my kids. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have my wife if I hadn't have gone. So, you know, it's it's a really, really special, important memory for me and a very special time in my life where, you know, things for the first time that I'd never, ever done before happened. For my final question, just keeping it simple, what is your favorite memory as a student can hear? Ah, one that I can say on the radio as well, I suppose, is 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 something else. Um, th- there's two actually, um, but I, I will I will I will put it down to one, and it was the day of our graduation, which would have been June 2008, something like that. I, at, at the time, I assume they still do. All the graduations took place at the Stadium of Light, and you would they built like a pit, uh, uh, like a sort of big sort of stage area on the pitch. And you would all sit in the um, uh, in, in the seats in the stadium, and it was all being broadcast live because obviously there was you know family from and uh, students from around the world that were that were graduating, and um, obviously not everybody could get there. And I looked left and I looked right, just as my name was about to be called, just as I was going to collect my scroll. And I sat and thought, wow, we really all have achieved something here. People from around the world have come to a place that most people that are here had probably never heard of if I'm brutally honest, in Sunderland, had three years of making incredible memories, doing stuff that they never would have done, meeting people that you would never have done. You know, just in my dormitory alone, there was me from Birmingham, there was a guy from Essex, there was a girl from Cardiff, uh, a Scottish guy, 
and a and a Geordie. So there was there was you know six of us, I think something like that. And we've all stayed in touch. We've all become friends. And and what a legacy that is, really. That the only sort of common thing, really, was that we all happened to be in the same part of of Sunderland at the same time. And you you can't put into words sort of just how special that is. It's a really amazing thing to be able to sit and go, wow, we've really achieved something. So that's my overriding memory of the time is being sat there on graduation, getting really quite emotional, actually. I did have a little cry after that. And, and just sort of thinking that probably won't... I probably won't see most of these people again. But if I do bump into them in an airport one day, we can all go, you're a Mac'em, aren't you? And we'll all know exactly what they mean. And I think that's very special indeed. For more episodes from former members of Sparking Utopia, keep listening to Spark Reunited, sparking your interest in media.